Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. Dear Ann my son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of seen a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. of what the farm life would be had you chose to go in that direction. Correct. Correct. And what do you think? It's for the birds. Well, maintaining a house is no fucking joke. That's Tell me about it. And so imagine, if you will. <clears throat> Imagining. You have just, you're in like day two and a half mm-hmm. of like wake, like full on, you've done, you're on the roof You've cleaned gutters that have not been cleaned since the 70s. Yeah. Solid. Nice. And then dug out the, the drain by hand because uh-huh. you think it's going to be shallow and it ends up being like baby Jessica, like you're all the way down. Oh, my God. We're going to get her out of the well. And I forgot to put sunscreen on because I didn't think I was going to be on the roof for that long. Burnt like a McRib city, like a, like a 7-Eleven hot dog. I actually was about to say that you, there's no burnt here. You look sun-kissed. You look Saint-Tropez. I forgot, and I was just like that crazy person, like, mother, like, everyone's like relaxing, like, hi, Mrs. O'Brien, how are you? Oh, is that your son? Yeah, fuck! Fuck! Like, I'd be like, I, I, like, I couldn't get, like, shit out of this this gutter. I'm like, who the fuck makes this goddamn, I was just like, I everything, I was mad at everything. And you were on the roof. I was on the roof, I was on the ladder, cause, and then my mom's like, do you want me to hold the ladder? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want you to hold this 20-foot ladder for me. You're 90 An years old. 89-year-old woman yeah. holding a yeah. huge ladder. You you're know what? as I have heavy as a plastic bag. But if this goes wrong, you're going to catch me, right? <laughs> Are you spotting? I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that she was going to hold the ladder. And then I feel like in that exact moment that she holds the ladder, somebody walks by and they're like, hey, Miss O'Brien. She lets go of the ladder. She's like, ah! Yeah. And that's when you fall off Yeah. Of but then one of my sisters came up and she like, She's like, you know what? You know what we really need. Uh oh. And it's like one of those things. Oh, like after you just worked your tits off. And Nothing like, good ever follows that question. Mm-mm. And it's like this, and the, like rattling off all these things. I said, oh, that's amazing. Um, do you know how much any of that costs? <laughs> that's what our other sister says. And like, yeah, because do you know how much? Do you know how much that costs? Okay. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. But give me like, I had her like. Walk me through what you're talking about. Okay. And she's like, well, I don't know why we have the sofa, and I don't know why I have this, and I have this. Okay, great. Do you know how old this sofa is, or all this furniture? It's roughly 50 years old. Oh, yeah. Roughly. I but mean, this solid. is a lake house, yeah. right? solid, has not need to be repaired. I said, so what do you want to do? You want to go to some department store around here and try to rival that? See, now, the song Solid as a Rock is actually, fun fact, based on furniture that our parents own. I mean... Because that shit lasts. I mean, in New Hampshire, the folks just changed out a refrigerator that they've had since 1976. And this is what I'm saying. It was only because they got a replacement refrigerator from my uncle that he's had since 1985. Yeah. They don't really upgrade... Well, it's like the stuff at uh, um, uh, 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 Space in Lancaster. Oh, I love it. That. Why do you think that stuff is still around? Because it's fucking made incredibly well. If I may say an old man thing right now, they don't make them like that anymore. They don't. Even when I worked at Ralph Lauren, um, people who had been there for a long time, like I'm like, oh, that's like a nice sweater or a nice jacket. Like, oh, yeah, that's from you know whatever collection, which is like 20 years ago yeah. when they used to make mm-hmm. it well. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit. Well, I just bought a similar sweater. And now, you know, look at, <laughs> and now we've got Ikea furniture. Mm-hmm. I don't do it anymore because if you ever try to move Ikea furniture from one location to the next. It's like playing Don't Shanga. bring Ikea to a second location. Absolutely That's not. what Oprah says because she will die when she gets in there. It's funny because then you take it out and it looks like a Picasso. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, let's see if the armoire, mo- oh, no. And you're like, oh, no, I can just reinforce it. <laughs> your finger right through the press board. It actually just dissolves in your hand. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, shit. Oh, I shouldn't have put water on oh, it. Man. I didn't know. Not the Sklorgenflorg. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly replace this.
I did used to enjoy going to IKEA though. I did when? once upon a time. Uh, for I there was a window of about two two months. You're like, you know what I want? I want to be dizzy. I want to be horribly dehydrated, <laughs> and I want to feel dust in my throat. And then I want to end the day with mystery meat meatballs. Yeah. And I did it all the time with some like scorgonberry. Whatever that that stuff was that they put on top, I couldn't get enough of it. I, this, and I'm not a big meat eater. Like uh, the, I think I really just went to IKEA so that I could go to the deli for the flergen herd. I want the flergen meats, mm-hmm. and it was clearly eighty percent horse. But I don't whatever they put in it. I was like, okay, like, how do you know it's horse? Because of the teeth. Like, <laughs> because when I went to bite it, it kicked back. Okay. <laughs> This one still has the saddle (laughs) and some bite marks on it. But you had to, I like also that you have to walk through the entire experience of Ikea to get, there's no direct route to the Ikea restaurant. You have to suffer through five floors of, of Borgs Mm -hmm. and Vulcans to get to, you know, your meats, your mystery meats. And it always came with a red bliss potato. (laughs) What's wrong? I don't know why. I'm not, I've never been entranced by the food at Ikea. We got to try again. It's not far. Come on. I don't want to. Let's take a day. Let's just try it. What I do like about Ikea is when you're like, I think I saw a great piece of furniture at Ikea. Let's go check it out. Okay. And then you go there and then you look at it and it's been there for like a month and a half and you're like, oh. Well, yeah. that's what it's going to look like for Yeah, you, I like it. Like, let's be real. You're not kicking the tires on these things because no. you're afraid if you go to, like, sit on it. That's the best thing about the Ikea, like, the floor. If you go on the floor and they set out this beautiful living room set, you're like, I could test out this couch, but it could collapse under the weight mm-hmm. of me. Or it could give me bed bugs. Oh, yeah. So there's that. Let's go. I don't need anything there, Come but on. maybe I will Wow, I'm sorry that you had a stressful weekend. It was actually very relaxed. I mean, it was. I love to be able to do something, (laughs) but it was extremely stressful because my mom is like standing behind me like the whole time. Do you need anything? Do you? Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? And I'm like, she was being a mom. You mean? For example, I was cleaning the stove, and my mom's like, "Oh, I think I'll make coffee now." And the coffee maker's like right above the stove, Uh so I'm like, "If this, (laughs) it's like having someone like, like like a piggyback." And then she had to go around me, and I said, and then she stopped, and I said, "Are you?" gonna watch me clean the stove like this close to my face you see oh no i'm like why don't you go in the other room and i'll make your fucking coffee and i'll bring it to you okay i'm like so go you know it's like somebody who's not used to having another body in her yes in her atmosphere and i you know jules and i had the same issue in the beginning of the pandemic wherever i was at any given moment he suddenly had to be doing or making something in that space. Yes. Like, and I get it. Like, like I'm just a Jules, I'm on the toilet. You know, and he's like, I really need to clean it right now. Well, clean around my ass. You know, everywhere I was, he I, was there. I too have to make in that space. <laughs> well, we have two other ones that you can choose from. I like that one the best. Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I'm your host, John Quincy Adams. And I'm... Karen Carpenter. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Hey. How you doing? And this week, like all weeks, we're yanking out the advice articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. That's right, we're pulling them out of the ground, and we're we're spreading them down, and then we're planting them in the modern day, and we're seeing if they actually still work which usually yeah. they don't. But hey, we're just looking at the advice articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby. So that's all. That's all we do. It's just what we do. That's and we jibber-jabber. We, we make you laugh. So you should yeah. definitely follow us on your social uh, medias, at Dear Pod Official, on your Instagram, mm-hmm. your Twitter, your face. Uh, your check face. out our website, just your face. Just um, your face place. We have a website, dearpodofficial.com, where we have every last episode just sitting there waiting for you to ingest. We have an email address. Did you know? Wouldn't it be great yeah. if it was AOL or <laughs> something vintage? I don't know, Hotmail. Uh, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. We accept advice questions that we will answer one question a week we are answering your advice questions completely unqualified schmucks 
So if you want some wisdom, completely, please write to us. Inappropriate. Dearpodofficial at gmail.com. And finally, and most importantly, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash dearpodofficial. For a mere three or five dollars a month, depending on your subscriber level, you can get extra bits and pieces dropped into your inbox every week. Little perks Mm -hmm. of membership, Mm -hmm. like getting a shout out on your birthday. So, that being said, we would like to wish a very special Patreon birthday to Betsy Fallon. Mm. Betsy, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bets. Uh, And ironically, also the same birthday as my beautiful, fabulous, luscious co-host, Patty O'Brien, sitting directly across from me, giving me side eye, because he's celebrating his birthday this week, and he's, uh... Doesn't matter. Shut up. Betsy and I were born at the same time of day, (gasps) on the same day, on the same year. In the same place? In the same woman. Are you the same person? Yes. Is it like Matt Damon and Hilary Swank? You never see them in the same room at the same time? It's more like Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler in Big Business. That feels right. Yeah. It feels on par. Wow. Which is strange because Bette Midler was in my dream last night and she was bartending. <laughs> I, said, I really, liked, I really yeah. liked your Bette Midler album. She's like, that was pretty good, right? I'm like, yeah, it was. I said, it was my sister's. It's yours now. I'm like, no, right, but it was my sister. I'm like, what is happening? I hope you never get off these antidepressants because I tell you what, <laughs> just the dreams alone are enough for me to say, keep antidep- taking your drugs. <laughs> That's for my allergies. That I have to oh, take shit. <laughs> Even better. I wish you terrible allergies just to keep these going. It's like Fantasy Island every night. What time of day were you guys born? Uh, Early morning, like eight-ish. That feels right. I was born mid-morning, I think. Even my mother is not sure. You'd think that the birth of a child, you'd say, I should mark this occasion and remember the details, such as what time of day. But whenever I ask her when I was born, she was like, "Uh, sometime around 10 like, I don't know, in the middle of the morning. Or in the middle of I the night. I don't care. But yet, if you ask her what she ate at my wedding, she will go into extreme detail. Like, what time of day was I born? I don't know. What'd you eat at my wedding? These short ribs that were braised in Guinness <laughs> with red bliss potatoes on the side and a gravy that had a distinct or you. It, like, she can describe it down to the letter. Oh. Birth of her child... Not so much. Who gives a crap? Maybe you know? she didn't really care for it. I mean, you did rip her vagina open. I don't know that I did. I don't know that I, I was a very easy child. Mm. Also, she said that she was in labor with me, and she thought that it was going to go on for so long that she didn't pay attention to it. And then finally she was like, you know what? Maybe I will go. Maybe I'll go to the hospital. Walked in a half hour later. Bloop. One ginger. Look, I'm very, once I decide that I want to go somewhere, I'm going. Sure. I'm getting there quickly. She was just the vessel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she'd love to hear myself call her. Every mother wants to be called. Hello, vessel. Hey, happy vessel day. How are you? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so happy birthday to you, Betsy Fallon. I'm glad that you share this very special day. Are you doing anything special for your birthday? Yes, but I'm not telling you. Why? Can't I come? Why aren't I invited to any of your anything? Mm. I'm a big part of your life, damn it. All right. As long as you... We're going to Fire Island for my birthday. Yeah, I don't feel like going. It's just a long way to go. Anything on Long Island. What a shitbox that island is. What? Long Island. Because you have to go to Long Island to get the thing out, right? The ferry? The ferry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a lot of work. It's not. But I'll celebrate you emotionally. Tonight, I celebrate oh, my love for Patty. And apropos of your birthday, mm-hmm. this week's theme is sociopaths. Sociopaths and psychopaths, uh, a topic I have way too much familiarity with. Mm-hmm, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I've dated most of them. If he's they're out there, right I've, he's in the room. He's working the motherboard. Oh, please. When I found Jules, I was like, ugh, this is easy. This should be simple. Well, hi there. I'm Jules. This ain't going to be easy. Work, work. <laughs> have you ever encountered a sociopath? All the time. All the time. Like a legit, 
like somebody who, if you look into to the like the psychology books, actually fits the breakdown of what a sociopath would be. I think so. Yeah, I dated I a narcissist, a full like he had he should have been diagnosed. It was horrifying. Explain more. Give me an example. Um, narcissists like to break people down. Oh. That is their M.O. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, I mean, oh, God. You, no matter how strong the female is or strong the person, you'd never, you'd never think that somebody is going to be able to have that much control over you. And I'd like to fancy myself a strong person. Strong-willed, smart. Would you mm. not agree? No. God, what a dick. Am I supposed to be saying yes? This is a narcissistic relationship I'm experiencing right now. And, uh, (laughs) but I was also like in my 20s and naive. And I don't know, I had this blind hope for the world, which has completely been hammered out of me, that, that, you know, people were good. And then you get involved with one narcissist and it will wreck you. Their goal is to separate you from... And I don't even know if they're aware they're doing it. It's like a broken brain. So when people are involved with a sociopath, that person has to become their full world, you know? Mm-hmm. And they'll feed you. It tells you lies about yourself. <laughs> it does. Tangina was right. He lies to her. He lies. He tells her things he that only she, only a gender can understand. High-waisted jeans are good. <laughs> High-waisted jeans are good. You're talented. <laughs> Wear a sunflower hat. You have a wonderful rack. <laughs> and then you start to believe. I do. I should wear a sunflower hat. <laughs> Jellies are in. Jellies are in. A, a, an asymmetrical haircut is a good idea. <laughs> it's a it's a wild experience. I mean, it's a. It, it, I've been involved with two sociopaths, legitimately. Uh, one was a con man, and one was a narcissist. And it always these relationships escalate very quickly. Like suddenly, you it's no such thing as like casual dating. You're suddenly involved in their world entirely. And the narcissist did a real number on me because I was in like my mid-20s and, you know, going around doing shows and and he just sucked the life out of me. And it changes the personality of the person who was involved with the narcissist. Mm-hmm. They want to separate you from your friends and family. And, mm-hmm. I did, and, and you're put on an island alone yep. so that this narcissist can chip away at you and and make you feel terrible to make themselves feel better. And I remember I was doing um, a one-night thing out in – nothing good happened on Long Island. It was somewhere in Long Island. It was like a Hampton show, and I mm-hmm. did a one show. And I I'd had a great night, and it was like all of these random – it was a who's who of who cares. Random Q-level celebs were there, and I'm mingling, and I'm having a good time, and I brought him with me. Also, not for nothing, he's 15 years older than me. Completely like roped me in Svengali style. I don't know why. He was nothing to look at. He he what didn't have a good personality. Did you want to change him or did you think you could be the I don't know that I have that chip in me that's like, well, this here's a project. Or not change, but like rescue like, oh no, like this person needs my attention. No. Oh. No. That was actually not it. I, I think that I was always in like long term relationships. It was a perfect storm of <laughs> Narcissists can smell people with low self-esteem. I think they smell blood in the water. Hmm. And then they they really can work into your brain in a way that you feel like what they're saying is in your best interest when they're feeding you lies. And <laughs> yes, this is my very special episode of Blossom. Yeah. You had yours. This one's yes, mine because I've Blossom. had a couple real Lulus. And, and you think as a person like me who you would assume would be stronger than this or smarter than this or know better, uh, that all goes out the window. You get involved with this person and they start telling you things about yourself and then you start to believe them to be true. Mm -hmm. And so I did this night, this big special night, had a great performance. Everybody was coming up, giving me compliments, loving it. And he was like sort of standing off to the side the whole time with this puss on his face. And I, I just kept being me. All I was doing was being me and mingling. And he was really cold and just a 
douche after the show. And then we're driving back in the car afterwards. And he, that's where the chipping away started. He, he started like, do you see how people react to you? You're too much for a room. Don't you see? Don't you see how like people get really put off by you? Oh my. And I spent a car ride with him crying. And because all I was doing was being me. Yourself. Yeah. And he made me feel like being me was wrong because what me was was a threat to him. And at Mm -hmm. one point he said, How did you get this gig this night? You know, like it was a like it was a challenge. Like I was doing better than him. What he did not like that. What did he do? Dick. He does dick. He's an actor. Uh, Never get involved with one of those. Christ. But you know, what he sees is somebody who was having a, a happy, successful night doesn't know in his his monkey mind how to how to be a <laughs> a supportive boyfriend mm-hmm. or be happy for somebody. He doesn't know how to do that. He's a broken brained person. It took a long time to get over this. And it was again a fast and furious relationship that how sort long did of it last. Six months in the grand scheme of things, but it did so much damage to me. Yeah, it can be fast and completely wreck you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was every time I was with him, it was like it's abusive. It's it's you know he's not hitting you, but it doesn't make a difference. No, he's breaking you down mentally, Mm -hmm. and he's gonna make you feel like shit about yourself, and then the next breath makes you feel like you're the best person in the world, or Mm You know, the center of his universe and then break. And at one point I, I, I kept thinking to myself, you know, I'm really smart. Like my, <laughs> believe it or not, I actually have good <laughs> instincts. I just choose not to listen to sure. them. Sure, That's what your twenties are for is to hear all the wise words that eventually will sink in, in another two decades. In your forties. Exactly. It's, but you know, when you're twenties, you're like, ah, this, like, I probably shouldn't walk into traffic. With no pants on, but fuck it. It's, I'm in, I'm 25. I can do whatever I want. I've watched, I play Frogger all the time. Yeah. That's why I always laugh when I see comics who are like, in your 20s, you're doing this. And I'm like, wait until you hit your 40s. <laughs> the only benefit of growing older is to act superior. Mm-hmm. And then I'll meet a 60 or 70 year old who's like, just you wait, bitch. In another few decades, when you hit my age, you're not going to give a shit about anything. But yeah, uh, yeah, it, it did a, a number on me. It changed my personality. My family noticed it. And and I was a delicate little flower just mm-hmm. looking for love. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you ever had... Eventually, he, he went away. He actually ended up going on tour, and he, he got a girlfriend, so he cheated on me. And that was like the end end, which, fine, good. Be somebody else's problem. Correct. And, wow, when that fog lifted... Oh, <laughs> hell hath no fury like my writing skills because i i ended up seeing him like a year later just like i knew that i was going to see him at this thing that we were both doing so i knew that he was going to be there and he kept trying to reach out to me Mm -hmm. in the days leading up to it to try to like smooth over whatever and i wrote him an email that scorched the earth. The Alanis Morissette of emails. It was like I was maleficent. I was just rising up and I was like, oh, bitch, you don't know what I've learned about myself since you've been gone. And I'm going to turn to you right now. I was Kathy Bates in Fried Green Tomatoes. And I... I, I Tawanda! Wrote, <laughs> I Tawanda the fuck out of this guy. <clears throat> I read him for filth. That email, here's the best thing about Gmail, is still in my inbox from like almost two decades ago. It's At like least you're not holding on to anything. But I'm I'm letting things go. I'm, yeah, I'm blessing. I'm releasing. <laughs> I see you. I, see you. I hear you. I hear you. I I'm touching you, you inappropriately. <laughs> I, and so I got to tell him everything that I I learned in the aftermath about everything that he did that made me feel bad. So I did have a moment where I could, uh, you know, a little delicious vengeance. Oh, my God. Because I I feel I've tried to do that, and then it's like it's like someone that just does not stop texting you, and you're like, I said good night. (laughs) I said good day, sir. Good night means I'm done texting. I said good day. It's just like when you have a Facebook email exchange with somebody. When I give you the thumbs up, the conversation is over. Mm -hmm. Just this little icon. The thumbs up, we're done here. 
Yeah. And then or they like, thumbs up you back, and then you're like, oh, we keep thumbing each other. Oh, stop with the emoji back and forth. <laughs> That's a fucking psychopath. Overuse of emojis, sign of a psychopath. Yes. I just sent you an eggplant, by the way. Oh, okay, great. good. Let's do some it. articles, huh? Okay. Articles on sociopaths and psychopaths. <clears throat> All right. You want me to go? Yeah, I want you to go. This is from the Star Tribune, Minneapolis, Minnesota, February 27th, 1992. Mm. They fear for life of daughter involved with sociopath. (gasps) Is this from my parents? Yeah. (laughs) Dear Abby, our attractive, divorced, middle-aged daughter, I'll call her Nora. These people that write in... (laughs) Also, I like when they make up a name for somebody and it's a really elaborate name. (laughs) Like, wasn't one of them Alicia or something? Yeah, and it's like, wait, what? Just say Jane. Yeah, I don't know. My daughter, let's call her Mary Catherine Mobile, Alabama, (laughs) is... Or it's really specific. (laughs) Let's call her Carrie Bradshaw. Let's call her... And, but it's like, I'm a very well-to-do, seven foot nine, blonde. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just get to the question. Anyway. Dear Abby, our attractive, divorced, middle-aged daughter, I'll call her Nora, was involved with an older, not-so-attractive man for about five years. During their relationship, Leo, not his real name, <laughs> beat her, burned her with cigarettes, <gasps> held her, held a loaded gun to her head, and put her in the in other life's threatening situations. He insulted her family and friends. Nora's therapist urged her to end the relationship, saying the man is a sociopath and a sadist. Nora finally came to her senses, left this monster, and started seeing other men. Much to her relief, she found a fine, caring man, and they seemed very much in love. A few months later, Leo called Nora, saying he had found God, and that God had told him that they should be together again. She told Leo that she was in a committed relationship and didn't want to see him, but he persisted, telling her that God told him not to give up. So she foolishly agreed to see him. Now she's back under a spell again and has rejected the fine man with whom she was in love. Leo is a psychotherapist and knows all the tricks. He has complete control over her now. Nora told us that he seduces his own clients and has affairs with them in his office. She says she never really loved him, but he has some kind of power over her. We simply cannot understand this. It's all so illogical, and we actually fear for our daughter's life. Where do we go from here? Signed, Nora's Concerned Parents. Oh, I already, I'm, I'm <clears throat> keeping track of all the things I need to say, but go ahead. Abby says, You say Leo's a psychotherapist. Nora should report him to the governing body of, the, of his professional society. And if she doesn't, you should. This man should not be practicing psychotherapy. He needs psychotherapy. He is clearly disturbed, and Nora should be psychiatrically examined. Okay, start back at the top for a second. I like Our that she... attractive... <laughs> yes, yes! You knew exactly what I was going to go for. Like, it would be fine. All the abuse, physical and mental abuse, would be fine if this man was remotely good-looking. <laughs> if he were hot, I'd be okay with it. Or if she was not, if it was like our daughter, Marla Hooch. <laughs> Who plays outfield for the Rockford Peaches. <laughs> not that close. Um, I, I, <laughs> it's kind of amazing when um, I know a similar person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're just like, it's like... Uh, National Lampoon's vacation when they fall asleep at the wheel and they're just driving through the ramp with like all like the, <laughs> the blinking lights or whatever and like Clark, oh, we're at the hotel, kids. Yep. Let's get some shut eye. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do. No, you have to stay out of the way of the roadster and mm. let it reach its own conclusion. That's the shitty part. It's like alcoholics. It's like oh, you, we can't do anything for you. You have to want to do something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. Going back, that he found God. <laughs> I always like that. I'm always convinced that God is like somebody named Godfrey Jones, and that's his cocaine dealer. <laughs> I found God. He was on the corner of 4th and 10th. I found God. Free Jones. He was. Uh... <laughs> exactly. You better be specific. <laughs> and then it starts all over again. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, no. I didn't mean that. That was, you know, whatever. It was like, oh, I. 
I, I'm not that person. I'm this person now. Oh, like, no, no, I've changed. Not. I've changed. No, bitch, you haven't. No. No, no you didn't bleach your brain. No. no, because it that's to me, it is a broken brain. Mm-hmm. Like the more you study it, I don't, because once it happened to me, fool me once, shame on me, me. fool me twice, I start dating a con man, I start <laughs> studying online. <laughs> I mean, the interwebs has taught me much about the broken brain. And and I like looking, I like watching um watching things about this, like the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Like mm-hmm. they've studied his brain yeah. and what was physically wrong with it that that maybe made him snap and become a murderer. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Like as a topic. Yeah. I, you can really, de- you know, deep dive on it. I think that's why I'm obsessed with true crime and true crime documentaries. And- me too. Like, there's <gasps> something wrong with me. I mean, I don't want to be a detective or anything, but you're just like, what the fuck? No, but don't you think at a certain point that you can, that you're like, I've solved this case, you guys. You know, I think I'd be either like Cagney or Lacey, the one with the fur coat, <laughs> not the other one. I think not, not Tyne Daly, but, but like Sharon Glass, but Sharon Glass when she actually gave a shit. Okay. Yeah. I was that, belting her but dresses. But then again, now I'm thinking about it. She was a recovering alcoholic, right, Jim? Well, <laughs> we look to our producer for that. She was a recovering alcoholic, yes. Yeah, she was a recovering alcoholic, and she was like the only woman on the police force with the fucking fur coat. And well, Tyne so this Daly's is perfect wearing. casting. Right. But wait, then I have to play Tyne Daly? Then you're Tyne Daly with oh, like some like fabric coat. God, I know. I don't want to do this. That just like walks in like kitten heels. We're Are you right? here? I won't get some lunch. Actually, maybe I would be kind of good at this <laughs> if it involves eating and wearing kitten heels. Maybe that's what we should do. We should try to sell a program where we relaunch Cagney and Lacey, but I'm Sharon Glass. Uh-huh. And I'm Ty Daly. Mm. Right. And basically not much happens because I feel like we'd be the laziest But I'm detective. not. A, I'm dressed as a woman. I'm dressed as Sharon yeah, Glass. Yeah, but we never address it. It's no. never. Yeah. No. I talk just like this, but I'm wearing... Her, probably her original clothes. Yeah. I'm if, sure they're in I the can. Smithsonian. I'm we can sure. do this. Why not? Why not? The world needs a reboot. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. We're all ready. You hear us, yeah. CBS? The you new Cagney that? and Lacey coming right after, this fall. Right after Magnum P.I., <laughs> you'll love the new Cagney right and Lacey. Right after the reboot of Family Matters, Cagney and Lacey, <laughs> starring Aaron and Patrick from Dear Pod Comedy Advice Podcast, now available on iTunes and iHeartRadio. If you like the reboot of Friends that just ended. <laughs> Get your teeth ready, Patty. It's going to be a great season. All right. I have an article for you. All right. This one comes from the Daily Item. Mm. Port Chester, mm. New York, January 23rd, 1993. I almost said 1933, and I was like, I don't even think she was born then. All right. Dear Ann Landers, your non-answer to enough already who asked several months ago what's wrong with men missed the mark by a mile. The writer concluded that all males are basically vicious and that is why we always have wars. The writer asked why sociologists don't do some serious studies to learn why men are that way. Most of the men I know work hard at their jobs and are careful drivers, loving husbands, protective fathers, and concerned citizens. But these are the men you do not read about, because they are not newsworthy. The newspapers are loaded with stories about rebellious, sociopathic criminals whose behavior is bizarre. The question is not which group can we blame for our society's evils, but what is there about our society that causes people not to care about one another? and how we can avoid these pitfalls and pass on to our children a legacy of taking responsibility and caring. Signed, Everyman in Portland, Oregon. Everyman. Or maybe it's Everyman. Everyman. Dear Portland, (laughs) it is true that most men are peaceful and decent, but the fact remains that in the last 5,000 years there has never been a time without war in progress somewhere on the planet. Meanwhile, historians have documented the fact that most of these wars were fought in the name of religion. There's a message there. I found God. Hey. I think more women should be in command. I think like we, sh- I mean, think about it. <sighs> well, we're trying. <clears throat> we're baby stepping. You mean at the helm, the presidential, but think about the people who were keeping you from that dream happening. It just seems like it doesn't make it. It's like all the wrong. The people. irony is, is that the argument has always been we're too emotional. Mm hmm. Cut to the past four years of our lives. So everybody can go straight to hell. I think we need some chicks in office. What if there were no wars? 
Are you what gonna, a dream. Are you going to quote Imagine now? Because I don't think. Am I, the, uh, am I the only one that hates that song? Uh, no, you're not alone. No. I, I mean, feel like because, you know, I hate that song. Gal Gadot. She ruined it forever in the beginning of the fucking pandemic with the richest people in the world going, imagine all the people. No, No, gal, I can't imagine all the people because right now I'm stuck in my basement crying and eating the last of the beans, you dick. (laughs) But I will imagine that you will get me a plane ticket to one of your mansions. One of them. One of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready for another? Um, let me see. Is there anything else I needed to so so oh wait, before oh, we go oh, off of this, oh, okay. um it's it's the fact <clears throat> that well, why isn't the news talking about the good people? We're only talking about the bad people. Because that's dishy. It's more sensational. It's why what is it Ted Bundy that women were obsessed with? Yeah. Guys can go crazy and kill and eat people. Hello, Army Hammer. But there will still be women who write to them in prison mm-hmm. because of the draw of this like sociopathic bad boy. Yeah. There is a, a chemical thing that happens that goes very wrong in people's bodies mm-hmm. where they like the sociopath. I mean, think about like most of the, you know, homegrown terrorists here. They're all men. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, I wonder how many sociopathic, if you were to do a study, how many sociopathic females versus males? Like psychopaths. How many narcissistic? Narcissism is extreme. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Now, because I've had my experiences, I can smell it in other people. Still, I would have a relationship with them. (laughs) Like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. I'm leaving Jim for this moment. I know. This is, I can smell it in you. I should date you for a year to three years. You had me when you punched me in my face. (laughs) That's actually the original line from Jerry Maguire. And they thought, you know what? Maybe we should soften this up a bit. Love is meaning never having to say I'm sorry. After you slapped me with the ring hand. What asshole was like, that's a good line. Oh, somebody at Hallmark that was who was in, a sociopath. That was in uh, Love Story. It's like the famous lo- quote oh, from it? Love Story. And then Allie McGraw was on Oprah Winfrey. She was a talk show host. Oh, well, um, uh, show. And uh, Oprah chimes in. She's like, I have a problem with something in the movie. And she's like, what's that? And she's like, or was it Allie McGraw that didn't like it? Allie McGraw had this uh, book out, and she was talking about it. And she's like, is it love having, you know, love means you never, never having, having to, to say, say you're sorry. sorry. She's like, that's, that's, that's not correct. <laughs> like, that's a terrible thing to say. You have to say it. In fact, if anything, like, sorry. love means <clears throat> saying sorry every damn day, multiple times a you day. Just, you walk into their house, like their mother's been murdered. The kid's in the stove. It's like. I don't have to say it. I have nothing to say. <laughs> to say. Do you want. I mean, someone's got to clean this up. I mean, marriage means definitely saying sorry at least five All times time. before lunch. Yeah. Yeah. God, love means never having to. Please put that on a pillow and then I mean, shove it then, up your ass, I mean, Allie. she died, so. Oh, well, there you go. Or allegedly. Who's sorry now? Yeah. Not her. Listen, Ryan O'Neal. <laughs> God, I got to watch this movie. I can't, I can't like, watch Ryan O'Neal act. It's really like, it makes my balls like, want to leave my sack like pull down a shade and say like gone fishing wait aren't your balls your sack no there's my sack and my balls are can we have remember when i taught you about tampons Uh uh-huh okay can you just teach me about the difference sure okay the vaz difference (laughs) so let's take this pineapple candle here Here's this texture. This is perfect. This okay. is textured on the outside. Okay. Yes. Right? Ew, so, your balls are textured? My sack is textured because there's follicles You on know it. what? Show me. Just show me on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's much better if you put them in your mouth. <laughs> okay, all right. You can tongue, tongue my balls and you'll know that there are two. Okay. And if you can follow the, the, the tube that... <laughs> that's the vas? That's the vas that'll <laughs> pump my semen. Raspberry. Yeah, no, this is more like bleach berry. <laughs> okay, 
I'm in. I'm uh, in. Yeah. Yeah. Rub your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you want your eyes or Don't your mouth? Don't get it kid? in your eyes. Don't eyes. get it in your eyes. No eyes, no teeth. That's what I said to all the guys. <laughs> wow. That was that was a faster information session than the Well, tampon. I'm not putting anything in my vagina and then pulling out a plastic bit and then. You well, know, I know, it, and I was ready to fire. demonstrate it for you. Yeah. But see, and then you open up this pineapple candle, and there should be two tiny balls in here. Okay, like, tiny. All right. Depending. I mean, some are bigger than others. Okay. All right. Some, it's like, well, my, I think you should see a doctor. And then some, are like, <laughs> you know, are some are like, like elephant ears. Yeah, like, what is this? Wow. They're, what they're, are you keeping in what there? Are there are two tiny sucrets in that giant like pleather bag Ew. Be- between your thighs. <laughs> and others, you're like, wow. Is that a storage unit? Hmm, it's strange. It's like a flesh cape. Is there anything in it? Ew, flesh cape. Wow, planet testicle is quite... <laughs> It's like a car wash if you just run your head underneath my, my ball fo-wep, sack. Fo-wep, yeah. fo-wep, which we will do later. Okay, okay. that would be great. And I'll feel the difference. Oh. Uh, oh. The vast difference. Next wow, article! Wow, what a difference! <laughs> what a difference this vast Wow, what a uh, difference! Uh, uh. All right, this is from the independent Long Beach, California. February 22nd, 1973. Dear Abby, how can parents get rid of a fat 20-year-old daughter who refuses to look for a job? She says that we gave birth to her for reasons of her own, so we keep her for the rest of her life. Eating, sleeping, reading, listening to the radio, and doing volunteer work at the local animal shelter and urging her little brother to hang himself (gasps) is all she has done since graduating from high school two and a half years ago. Her skill with animals has brought her many good job offers from veterinarians, but she says she refuses to work for money as long as her brother is alive, as she fiercely resents not being an only child. The police say they can they cannot help us because she is neither a criminal nor a lunatic. Two doctors have told us they cannot help us because they can't find anything wrong with her. So, where do we go from here? We aren't millionaires and we're fed up. Signed Feeding an Elephant. Jesus. Mm. Um maybe you should start there and work your way back. Yeah. Dear Feeding Go to another doctor. This time, find a competent psychiatrist. You certainly have enough clues to conclude that this girl has serious emotional problems. She desperately needs help in getting her head together. And the cost will be peanuts compared with feeding an elephant. Oh, my God. Really? Or maybe get a restraining order so your son doesn't Doesn't actually get killed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe you should start with the fact that her mother's like, hey, fatty fat, come over here and, and, you know, do work and eat your fat. Hey, lazy fat girl. I don't know why she's psychotic. I don't don't know know what's wrong with her. I mean, I've been nothing but a supportive mother. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat. I'm surprised you can lift yourself under all that fat weight. Elephant tits over here. (laughs) My God. (laughs) And that's why she's psychotic. She works at the local (laughs) animal shelter. Strangely, all the cats are dead and missing their heads. (laughs) I know. The first thing I thought was all the dogs start barking when she walks in. (laughs) Oh, it's like a. I don't know. The the little girl from the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have a sister. No. I don't know what happened to all the dogs. Most horror movies are based on this. Like a kid that is unloved that tries to kill another kid that's more loved. (laughs) The vet walks in. Love your new coat. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. It's half of your clients. You like it? I call him Scruffy. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Too soon. Not soon enough, I say. So I have two different article options for you that I'm going to pose... Your choice. Dealer's choice. Do you want, like, the dark one? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. What, what, what well, it's, it's apropos coming off of the one that you just gave, because the title is literally Psychopathic Parents. Uh, what was the, What's the other option? Um, the other option is something from 1999, and it's lighter. It's lighter fare. Maybe let's do lighter. This comes from the Evening Sun, Hanover, Pennsylvania, December 17th, 1999. Tonight we're going to party like it. Dear Ann Landers, my significant other, 
I'll call her Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) I told you. After shacking up for two days with a former lover, suggested that we continue to be companions. We were once married, but divorced after a few years, and have been going steady for nearly 20 years. We do not live together, but those who could know us consider us a couple. We had agreed if there was a problem, we would discuss it and try to work out a resolution. The first inkling I had of the affair was when Jasmine called me from the airport to say she was headed out to meet her former lover, who was only in this country for a short time. I did not ask her any questions about her plans, and she didn't volunteer any details. When she returned, she said there was no reason we couldn't continue our relationship as we had in the past, and that she intended to see the other guy three or four times a year. I told Jasmine she had no moral standard and that I wanted nothing more to do with her. She claimed she cannot understand my pain and disappointment and sees no reason for me to be upset. Is this woman a sociopath, or am I missing something? (laughs) Signed, Perplexed in Portland. Dear Portland, you say you have been going steady with this woman for nearly 20 years and now she wants to meet a former lover three or four times a year? You are complaining that she has no moral standards. It sounds to me like the pot is calling the kettle black. If you want this woman all to yourself, why haven't you remarried her? I think you two need a rest from one another so you can step back and reevaluate your relationship. I recommend it. Hey! No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I just want to I just want to be, you know, in another relationship with someone else periodically throughout the year. What? What? I don't understand why this no, is an issue. I don't understand. If I want to carry his kid, I will carry it. 3 or 4 times a year, yeah, I, I go to I mean, Jerome yeah. in Turks and Caicos and he services me. That's fine. In it's, a way that you haven't and then I come back 3 or 4 times a year. I don't know what the big deal is. It's what? not a big thing. I called I told you where I was going. I was at the airport. Look at I'm on the I Jasmine planned. side. If this guy wants to be in a relationship with her and wants mm. her to be exclusive and they've already been married, they've done the married thing mm-hmm. and then they've broken up and now they're back together again, but they're not married. So she's probably like, well, "Fuck it." Let's well, just do it. Fuck it. Well, why isn't the but the adult thing would be like, listen, this is what I want. I but that's what she's saying to him. She said, I'm gonna do this. I go and I see him three or four times a year. No, that's not a, that's like not a that conversation. Is, that's like, here's I'm what doing. I'm doing. It's a command. I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing this. So here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm doing. And I also mean, like she called me from the airport. Like, where are you? <laughs> Sounds like you're at the airport. I am. I'm actually on the tarmac right now. (laughs) I got an easy jet flight out. No, no, no. I'll be right back in six months. It'll be fine. I'll be fine. Just take care of the I thought we were going to your mother's house for dinner. No, feed my goldfish. Gotta go. Bye. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a little bit on the... Country? A little bit rock. I'm a little country and I'm more rock and roll. Mm. There's nothing about me that's a little country. No. Not at all. No. Um, no, I'm a little bit on the fence about it because it's like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know. Have they ever had the conversation that we are in a relationship now again and it is exclusive? She's already been married to him. She's been there, done that. They got divorced. Why are they back together again? Well, I guess like you can- When I divorce be- Jules, it will be it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like in uh, when Harry met Sally, when they were married, that couple, and it's like they were married- and they were divorced, and then they went to Eddie what Eddie Cavecchio's funeral, and then I ran into her. Do you remember this part? Oh, I don't remember. This is, oh, and I love sake. this movie too. Well, apparently you don't. Oh, love so it, it was one of those like confessional moments. Yeah. And he's like, we were married, then we were divorced, then we were married again, then we were divorced again, then and then I the then I married another woman, Roberta. Right. Roberta. <laughs> you dick. If they redid when Harry met Sally right now. <laughs> you did what? Who the hell's Roberta? Get off this couch. The interview's over. I want coconut cake with the chocolate sauce on the side. I want someone to pleasure me right now through my polyester pants. <laughs> Put that camera down. Hey, key grip. Hey. Come over here and grip this. Hey, Tom Cruise. Get over here. I'm not Tom Cruise. I'm not in the movie. You're Tom Cruise right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got a tongue like Tom Cruise. Now, service mama. For the next four to six minutes, you walk. Get over here. And in four to six, I'm in 46. I For love 46 that. minutes, I want you to do the alphabet up, down, sideways, <laughs> backwards, whatever. And Swahili. I want you to sing it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to lift my cheeks, all right? <laughs> what would Nora and Jasmine say about all this? I don't know. Jasmine. Jasmine. Let's call, Let's her, call her Jasmine. Jasmine. I know. Let's just call her something simple, you know? Let's call her Salamea. What? Yeah. Uh, let's just call her Sotomayor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's just call her Ruth Bader Ginsburg. My new wife, Sacagawea. <laughs> let's call her. <laughs> let's call her Sacagawea. Wow, that's a real casual, just off the top of my head name. My son, we'll call him Pinocchio. <laughs> Has a problem. <laughs> Nocturnal Let's, emission. There's a guy I'm dating. Let's just call him Lord Byron. And we <laughs> uh, we're having a problem with the good God, people. All right. Oh, oh. I'm choking on my throat. Oh. Oh. I need okay. another icebreaker. All right. Do you think it's time for a little Instagram now? Yeah. It's time, time for. for- Instagram Instagram Spread my Spread your cheeks and, and roll it around. We learned about the difference. Me, you make a vast difference. It. I'm you sorry I such a difference it, but you're down there. Wait, what? So clear away the green cloud of our stench right now and enjoy some Instagram mail. We are taking your Instagram mail advice questions right to us. Dearpartificial at gmail.com or slide on in those sexy DMs at Dearpartificial on Instagram, Twitter, your face. If you have an advice question that would like to be, you would like to be answered by complete and total non-professional assholes. Yes, exactly. The buffoonery begins. So read us our Instagram mail question. All right, here is our Juan Instagram mail question. Do it. Dear Pod, with the world getting back to normal, I find I'm having a hard time adjusting to social life. Every time I'm out, I just want to get back home. It's like I've been waiting for a year and a half to be around people again, and now I don't feel like seeing them. Is it weird to want to stay in my bubble? Signed, Bubble Boy. Mm. Which in certain circles... Stands for something else. What? 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 Never mind. Bubble boy? It's a bubble butt. What is a bubble butt? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Come on, quick. Just cry. real quick. We have a real, just like, in like, give me the abridged. Bubble butt. So it's just like. Think a, of like a, yeah, like a, a not a flat bass. butt. Oh, I've a, got a bubble butt. Okay. I don't like to brag. Here we go. Dear BB, I too feel like I've been unearthed out of solitary confinement and suddenly thrust in what seems like a million pen stations, like a sexy salmon swimming upstream. I imagine it's a lot like that Nicole Kidman movie where everyone is a zombie and she's pretending to be one too so that she won't get eaten. A good head start since her face won't even move. I think it's called Invasion. Remember and look who's talking when Seagram's wine cooler spokesman Bruce Willis was the voice of that weird-looking baby inside Scientologist Kirstie Alley? Right, like her womb wouldn't look like a 7-Eleven in a hurricane by Pete Davidson's house in Staten Island. Anyway, Bruce narrated everything he saw for the first time. I bet that's how you're feeling, just discovering your hands, your toes, your nose. We all feel like that, but you just have to toss that baby in the deep end and teach him to swim. Get out there and rip that crusted band-aid off. The more you put the more you put it off, the more you become like Howard Hughes with Frito Toes or Shelley Duvall in her car talking to gnats and naming cigarette butts. Every day, push yourself a little more. I'm not saying use excessive PDAs. That's against God's plan. I mean immerse yourself in the city just a bit past your comfort zone, and then you can race back to your bubble. It's not easy acclimating to post-COVID, but if 5 o'clock shadow Bruce Willis can shoot out of Kirstie Alley's vagina and hit pay dirt at the box office, you owe it to yourself to let someone cut those funyuns on your feet, go to a slutty happy hour, and enjoy a packed Ace of Bass concert. You'll be happy you did. Now don't even get me started with Look Who's Talking to Abby. It's terrifying sometimes when we have overlapping thoughts. We're slowly becoming one. Like the Spice Girls? The transition one, two, is complete. Come on. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> oh, 
All right, here's what Anne has to say. Buckle up, Buttercup. I'm speaking. I'm speaking now. Here we go. All right, ready? Yes. Dear Bub, you are not alone. Well, actually, maybe you are. And you kind of prefer it that way. As bars and restaurants and clubs and sex dungeons open again, it's easy to feel anxiety and hesitation leaving our cozy homes. Complete with our day sweatpants, night sweatpants, and sourdough starters. We've spent the better part of two years making our homes into biodomes filled with every creature comfort imaginable, save for Polly Shore. So now that we can finally come out of our caves, it's only natural to want to stay in, especially once you realize that the world is still hot garbage. But you must force yourself to re-enter society, or you'll end up like Howard Hughes, peeing in mason jars and wearing Kleenex boxes on your feet. That's the kind of crazy that only money can buy. And given that you're writing to me instead of a medical professional, I'll assume you can't afford the luxury of crazy. Come back gradually. Take it slow. Treat it like anal. Ease into it. No one one expects you to go run into the nearest rave just because the government said so. Look what happened when the CDC said we could all stop wearing masks. It was like we were all virgins. Are you going to take it or should should I take it off? Oh, no. Are you going to? Okay, well, maybe let's both do it. Okay, you go first. Okay, on the count of three. Frankly, I'll be thrilled if the CDC advised on more than just masks. They should advise us on wearing everything. They could finally make Ed Hardy t-shirts a thing of the past. Make a deal with yourself that you'll go out one or two days a week for a few hours at a time. Put on a timer and stay until it goes off. In the words of the American classic film, What About Bob? Baby steps get on the bus. Bit by bit, day by day, you will get back into the flow of society and forget there was ever a time where you wore your bed sheets for a month. Good luck, Sigourney Weaver and Copycat. <laughs> and see you on the streets. Ayan. I loved Copycat. It was such a good movie. It was a sleeper hit. I agree. Go I back to sleep. something that you mentioned in, in your little uh, Abbey letter there. Is it my my flesh curtain? No, we Four? can cover that next okay. week. Okay. That's the topic next week. Okay. Um, Bruce Willis was a spokesperson for... Seagram's. Wine, wine coolers. coolers. Jim. Was this in his like Die Hard? No, this was. This was his like. This was like the moonlighting. Moonlighting. I think. This is when he, everyone found out that he liked to play the fucking harmonica, and then so he sang. Oh God. Golden wine cooler. Like, oh no! You know what? I can't with when we find out stars have like even an inkling of musical talent, but like not real. It's like the Zoe De Chanel effect. Mm-hmm. Like she sang half a song in Elf and suddenly somebody was like we should get her an album we should cut a deal with Sony and then we should put her album on a CD we should put that CD in every Starbucks across yeah. America and she's like I touch the feel of I've never wanted to punch a throat so her, badly I'm sorry but it sounds as if she is singing through like a gauze, uh, like yeah, gauze, mm-hmm. or like you just had like a shamrock shake, and you're you you know when it kind of like bubbles up, and oh, you have that and it word. Guys, I have to burp. All right, we have one more segment as we limp to the finish line. Mm-mm. Of sociopaths. So call your therapist and get ready. Grab someone named Jasmine and grab someone allegedly named Nora because it's time for a specialty cocktail, specialty drink. We learned about psychopaths and psychopaths within a sack. Wait, what? I don't know. When a man loves a drink. This week, we're keeping it. We're keeping it. I don't want to feel Michael Bolton. Uh, We're keeping it simple this week. You ready? No. This week's cocktail is gin and tonic. You can find James Jones. 
Jules Ferris at the corner table in the piano bar making love to his gin and tonic. Oh, God, tonic and gin. He just tricked me into reading the words that I hate so much, the ML word combination. Because I don't read these things ahead of time, and really, I should for quality. For this, you need two ounces of gin and four ounces of tonic water. You fill a highball glass with ice and add gin, top with tonic water, and gently stir, gently. And you garnish it with two lime wheels. So here are his tasting notes, because I said, what the hell? Gin and tonic, how does that apply to the sociopaths and the psychopaths? According to a recent study, people who like gin and tonic are more likely to have psychopathic tendencies than those who enjoy any other cocktail. Fact, you heard it here on Dear Pod. Fun fact, my father's favorite drink is gin and tonic. Yeah, so here we go. Again, paging Dr. Freud. Now, the internet didn't tell me who did this study and where it came from, but it must be true. Because, you know, it's on the internet. Sure. Pay attention to this drink, people. It seems easy enough to make, and that is when things go wrong. Too much gin and the botanical spirits will overshadow the unique qualities of the tonic. Too much tonic, it'll drown the gin. Then, of course, there's the garnish. Many people prefer the lime. Others go for a lemon. And then there are the insane people who go off the beaten path and toss in a grapefruit slice or rosemary sprig. What are they, insane? Friggin' psychopaths. That is the gin and tonic. Gin and, gin and tonic. tonic. You know, gin and tonic. Good, I know, I know I'm not a psychopath because this is not one of my favorite. I used to drink sapphire and tonic. That's because you're basic. It's like, are you a psychopath In my or 20s. are you just basic? In my 20s. <laughs> exactly. In I, your 20s, I, I everyone's a, a psychopath. from beer. Mm. Beer just makes you fart and burp. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. I'm so not a beer drinker. This is actually nice because do, I don't have the tonic very often. It's, yeah. the, it's the quinine. It's I don't quinine. enjoy the quinine. Quinine. It gives me like an instant headache. But oh. this this is kind of nice to have every now and then. Chin and tonics are really my family's like signature beverage. Should I be calling somebody about this? Hmm. Should I tell my therapist? No. Do you still have a therapist? No, no, I gave her up. Hmm. It's not Lent. I know. Well, it was during the during the pandemic. I gave up my therapist for Lent, and I'll find her again when I date another psychopath. I gave up both Ain't of mine. You gave up, wait, how many therapists do you have? doesn't really matter, but I had both. Wait, you had two at the same time? I mean, one time in college, but. Did they wait, have different. Oh, therapists. Um, oh. Oh. Not I, the rapist. I did for a little bit at a crossover, at a crossover episode. Wait, so you were like phasing one out while you were bringing I was, one in? I was, I was in a relationship with one, and then I started seeing another one. Wait, oh, why? What were you not getting from that first therapist? And did they know about each other? <sighs> No, I mean, it's them, not me. Um, I don't, I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. So you kept going with the one while you secured another. That's yeah. such a guy move. And then I, after like the third or fourth, I'm like, you know what? I'm not into this. Yeah. I don't Wait, see it's for either, either of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you broke up with both of them and you had no therapist. Yeah, and now I'm just on my own. I'm just a single mom just working at Mel's Diner. <laughs> You're just trying to make a living. Yeah. Just trying to make ends meet. That's all. I get it. Yeah. You couldn't possibly need a therapist. Yeah, there's a new girl in town and she's feeling, feeling good. good. Look, there's a very special time once a year where we get to celebrate the moment that you were dropped on oh, this for earth God's sake. in an egg in the middle of a field. And then two humble farmers found you and they brought you in and discovered that you had superpowers. Well, let's just do a real quick happy birthday sing and then we're gonna we're gonna deliver you something special. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Patois. Happy birthday to you. Oh, good God. <laughs> we got you a Vianetta. Oh and look God. at how sweet.
small it is. I was. Just, doesn't it seem a lot bigger? No, I don't know if like have we gotten smaller or have the Vianette have we gotten larger and the Vianette has gotten smaller. I mean, seriously. Uh, seriously, it's, it it's like we. A, no. I know. No. Why does it seem so? It's so tiny. It looks like an ice cream sandwich. Wait, you're supposed to bring this to a party. <laughs> you just got to get too. In the commercial, they always have it on like this platter. There's and like, like five oh. or six people. Like, oh. Look at how small this Viennette is. Can we hold it up to something for scale? <laughs> My phone. Your phone. Like, turn your phone sideways. Look at it. A Viennetta is barely bigger than an iPhone. And you're supposed to bring this to a party and share it with like uh -huh. six other people? How big are the slices? How big are the people? Oh, wow. See, but now oh it no. Big. It looks Wait, bigger the... out of its box. I don't understand. <laughs> what kind of Did witchcraft? You add water? <laughs> 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 what? what did you do upstairs? Oh my god, what it's. Kind of witchcraft? <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Okay, maybe there is enough for a dinner party of six well-manicured people. What? I don't know what to expect, you guys. This is a major moment in Dear Pod, and we all need to acknowledge we have been chasing this Viennetta. Is this real ice cream? This is, well, I'm sure you're going to, we're going to find out in about five minutes with you. When that thing hits your upper intestine. This is. We're all eating it. Oh, yeah. I think we have to because I feel the fear. It's kind of like you're chewing into toenails when you get Ew, that. stop it! What is, like, it's kind of like, you feel like it is vanilla, but it's a but weird it's texture. Not. Yeah. It's almost like they've added it's air so to it. It's so cold that it doesn't have a taste, but yet it's melting. Like it's achieving so many states at once, you know. It's like it's a liquid solid. Mm -hmm. I like it, but I don't know what this is. It's not vanilla. I think it's chocolate, but I don't really taste chocolate. I only hear the crunch, which I doesn't matter. I know it's been on my body for about forty-five seconds now. I'm instantly going. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't feel right. Happy birthday, Patty. This episode of Deer Pod is mixed and edited by Jim Ferris and is a property of Pineapple Ranch Productions.